The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Hello, on this Thursday, the fourth day, of on the topic of the hindrances. And the hindrances are considered to be some of the primary obstacles to mindfulness and to concentration, really being present here in some way. And at the same time, they're almost universal in human experience. And it's often emphasized that uh, no need to take them personally, like their personal failings. They're just part and parcel of what we're born with or come into into our life with. And rather than taking it as enemies or as some personal faults, we take them as subjects for mindfulness, for practice, for contemplation, and even, even for a certain degree of respect that these are part of the human condition and part of respecting ourselves is to respect their presence and then learn how to overcome their hindering quality. So there can be desire that is a hindrance and the same desire can be there and not be a hindrance. The same thing with aversion and sloth and torpor, all of them. And the difference is that when they're hindrance, we're involved with them in some way. We've succumbed to them. We've given ourselves over to them. We've somehow, you know, become them. And the task of mindfulness is to step away enough so we, they, we're not involved with them. We're not caught in their grip. We're not gripping onto them. And so they can be there, but they're not interfering. So it's not all or nothing. Uh, for these qualities, it's all or nothing in their hindering qualities. We, uh, in the sense that we can either have them as a hindrance, or we can see them well enough and clearly enough that they no longer are a hindrance. They're just phenomena, one more thing that we're aware of. And in that way, we're beginning to take refuge or put our faith into, uh, our life energy into, the process of being mindful and learning how to be present and aware, mindful, clearly recognizing what's happening without identifying with it, without reacting to it, without being bothered by it, and learning how to be free from it. So, uh, so today the topic is uh, restlessness and regret, or agitation and regret, or remorse. And, um, and these are agitated energies, agitated ways in which the heart and mind can be. And, uh, and they can be quite strong. You know, we can feel like we want to bolt. We feel like we can't sit still. It's, um, and uh, I've sat in meditation with so much restlessness that um, because I had such st- strong faith in the mindfulness, I made the restlessness the object of my meditation. And it was so much fun. Because what I did was uh, I felt the restless energy in my body as a ping pong ball that was just bouncing off the sides of the wall of my body, just kind of like boom, 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 boom. 
and it was kind of so much fun to um, to just kind of be with it and feel it and and uh, and um, and rather than identify with it, rather than being bothered by it or reacting to it, even having aversion to something like restlessness is being caught in its grip. It's kind of being involved. The idea is to just see it and be with it and, the, and feeling it physically. However, it's also helpful to understand some of the, the dynamics that evoke it. So first, uh, this idea of the universal quality of the hindrances the Buddha said that only someone who's fully enlightened at the final and fourth stage of awakening um, do they no longer have restlessness or agitation. So even if you're partially enlightened, you can expect that the mind will have some restlessness. And part of the reason for this is that um, any kind of attachment we have, so for example, attachment to desire or attachment to ill will, aversion, means that um, uh, uh, if that is that, that attachment, that desire to do, desire is wanting something, aversion is wanting something go away, if that's frustrated, if we can't act on it in a sane way, we can't act on it in an ethical way, we can't, you know, then something inside of us is held in check. And even when there's no attachment involved, uh, necessarily or uh, if there's healthy desire and healthy averting or saying no, but social conditions, world conditions, uh, uh, means that we're not allowed to speak up. We can't speak up. We can't do what we want to do. And so that desire and, 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 and no, this desire and healthy aversion is bottled up, is held in check. And that uh, then, you know, you can either either go to sleep shut down, get dull, or the opposite strategy is to get all worked up and agitated and you feel this, you know, like sometimes in an extreme way, like the water is boiling inside. Um, but, um, and, um, and so that's with agitation, with regret. This is when we've done something that we have remorse about. And, and uh, I like the word remorse because, um, Maybe regret can be healthy, but remorse, in the Latin roots of it, means we're chewing something over, a morsel, we're remorsing it. We're chewing and chewing and chewing the same thing. And, uh, and usually remorse uh, is a kind of problematic when we're just kind of reviewing and reviewing and beating ourselves up and being critical and not knowing what to do and feeling we should do something about it. And... Um, and uh, and so there's, again, there's an agitated uh, energy that gets caught, we're caught in the grip of it. And so, you know, if it's, it's, it's kind of a uh, time when our action, doing something, is frustrated, held in check. It doesn't mean that we necessarily should be acting on the desires, acting on the aversions, um, but maybe we have to think about, yes, there is action needed here. And what is that action? Uh, regrets. Sometimes what's needed is apology. Sometimes what's needed is to go make amends, to go talk to someone. Something in the world is needed to do. It's not enough just to sit and try to be mindful and let go and find our peace by ourselves. That actually does a kind of harm to ourselves 
to not take care of what really needs to be taken care of in this world. I've known people, friends of mine, who were sitting on retreat, and they knew, uh, one friend of mine was in India, and he knew, he, he had some problems, an issue that came up. He went to his teacher, and his teacher said, um, um, go home, go home to America and address this issue, and then come back. So my friend did. And, uh, and um, because some things need to be addressed. Otherwise, the agitation will stay, the restlessness will stay. Uh, sometimes what's needed is that the human, our human heart, our human psyche, needs to know that we can take a certain degree of, I was going to say control, in our Vipassana circles, that's kind of a taboo topic to con- be controlling or to control, try to control your experience. So maybe I should try to avoid it. But we need, our system needs to know that we will act, we will do something. We're not just going to sit there passively and let things just occur and happen. And, um, and, and when it's a hindrances, when it's like desires which are just fantasies or unhealthy or aversions which have more to do with attachments or hatred or something, we don't want to act on those. But the, our heart, our mind, needs to know that we can act. We're not holding ourselves in check. And engaging in the process of mindfulness, being mindful of avariciousness, greed, being mindful of aversion, and, and having faith and confidence, this is the practice. This is a valuable thing to do. There's no doubt that better action is to be mindful of these than to allow them to still kind of boil over. Or the better action is to be clearly present for them rather than giving in to them. Something in our system appreciates that we're doing. We're engaged. And how to engage so that it's the engagement of mindfulness is not itself um, um, agitating is the art that the engagement itself is settling, makes us more peaceful. And the reference point I want to make is some, an athlete, like you know, someone who runs, um, you know, who goes running as a sport, and, and, um, and they takes a lot of physical energy to do a long run. But some people get into a flow state. Uh, they get absorbed in it, and Certainly, and there, everything comes into harmony, gets unified, and it gets really a sense of flow and quiet. Maybe even something in the mind gets really still, and they're really present. There's a way of expending energy that is har- completely harmonious and promotes calm and peace. So if meditation is only about trying to find peace, trying to relax and settle and not do and not do and not do, um, we actually do, might be doing a disservice to that part of our inner life that needs to feel like you, we can do something, we can act, we can move forward. We're not always held in check. And, um, and, uh, and then there's a combination of these. Something like anger sometimes needs to be given its freedom, but not freedom for us to act on it. But if, if it doesn't give in its freedom to be in process, then again, there's agitation. 
And so the marvel about this in meditation and some other situations in life where it's safe to let the anger flow through us, but we know how to do it without participating in it, without getting involved in it or reactive to it. And sitting in meditation, learning how to have a good upright posture, or it doesn't have to be upright, but uh, an intentional posture where we're not going to collapse into something or get involved in it. By, um, and then staying mindful the best we can and like, giving freedom to these movements, even of desire sometimes, so we can see it clearly, so we can make space for it, so that something can begin to shift in the freedom of letting it flow. We don't want to feed it but we don't want to repress it. And that also then begins overcoming the restlessness of things being held in check. So I think what I'm saying today is not necessarily easy to understand in practice, but um, because the, the, the lesson that sometimes we have to act, engage, um, is, uh, can lend itself to somehow being more agitated and more tense but I'm trying to point to some another possibility. And one of the ways to understand it is that one of the most valuable things we can, actions that we can give ourselves to, and it is an activity, it is kind of an action, is the action of being aware, aware, action of being mindful. And being mindful in a way that's relaxed, at ease, unbothered by what we know. We're knowing is fully something we trust. We immerse ourselves in this mindfulness practice, immerse ourselves in being really here, but in such a way that there's no tension in the knowing. And in the end, we discover that uh, we can know while being free of what is being known. And that knowing is, can, becomes really nurturing, nourishing for that part of our heart or inner life that needs to know that we're here and engaged in doing something very important. And as the meditation goes deeper and deeper, the act of simple, simple, clear knowing, clear knowing, lucid knowing, uh, is more and more valuable, more and more sweet, more and more clarifying. And it just feels like one of them, like a flow state almost, almost like one of the best things to put our life energy into. And it's so satisfying and gratifying. And yes, there's purpose here. There's value here. There's meaning here. There's agency here. There is um, faith here. Um, And so when you find yourself in the grip of the fourth hindrance, agitation and remorse. Maybe it's a sign that there's a really deep need for action so that some kind of desire to act that's frustrated, that's causing the agitation. Something needs to be done there to meet it that's in in the realm of activity, not giving into it and doing what it wants, but some other activity that's healthy and important. 
And exactly what that activity is, I can't tell you, but at least mindfulness, the practice of mindfulness, the meditation on it, is one of the most meaningful things we can do. And if we can really immerse ourselves with faith and wholeheartedness, it does something really good for our heart. So may it bring you peace. Thank you.